All right, Ola, say something. Nope. No. No. You are the new, you are the new faucet. I was, yeah. one, I was just about to say that, eh? <laughs> the new, new, though. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Sorry. Sorry. Go Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Welcome back, everyone. Mikey is uh, terrible at clapping. <laughs> terrible. Mikey. I feel like there's always one of us that's terrible every episode. It's Ooh, Mike. I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Plus it me? Training. <laughs> like the clapping, the video audio is coming together now. I leave. After I leave in the you classroom. You mean Sheena? You mean <laughs> doing it? Yeah, I stole her Steel Series headphones too. So. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's why you sound better. I know. I leave those claps in so when people listen to it, they know it's live and direct. You know, that's it. I like I'm it. That's, the, I'm no, that's, no like it. that that doesn't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> they just hear slaps. I'm just in their letting exam. them know that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, guys! I've been watching a lot of TV lately. I know we were talking about the world's toughest prisons and Lupin. Uh, last week i actually watched all, all of what they have a lupin really upset that it's not the entire series which no one warned me about yeah it's only half of it world's toughest <laughs> prisons is also really depressing but it was fun to watch um do we even have new shows that people have been watching that we want to talk about today nothing new really show wise I, I mean it's as i've said before i feel like with all the streaming services now there's so much on them that you just get overwhelmed you just say it, yeah. i'll just watch the office again like it's you just it's there's it, i will just watch the office again <laughs> i mean I, I i'll probably say one uh one not streaming network or at least one network that uh has a couple of new uh new good ones and you know they they've always been fairly good it's been uh you know uh the hobo you know HBO, you know, their their new HBO Max or whatever that they're trying to get into that streaming uh, market. We can't just run by the fact that you call HBO the hobo. What do you mean? Pretend like that's not a. What do you mean? That's not like spell that out. Spell that out. And spell that. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Which no one says. It's like it's like people call. It's like people call the LCBO the lipbo. It's. Come on, the yeah, the that, that has the acronym not the that work. It's mm. not the same. In the I think it's I, I think it's the hobo channel. H bowl. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's the hobo channel. Oh my god! So you like anyway, what's, what's, what shows on there? What shows on there? Well, anyway, the the hobo channel. Uh, there was a a show that I don't know if you guys seen this. Uh, oh man, what is it called now? It has to do Succession. Succession. Have you seen Succession? I've heard about that. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a hobo chat. That's a hobo show, and uh, that's a good show. It's about a you know a family, a fairly wealthy uh, media conglomerate type of family, and uh, you know it's essentially on a grander scale. You know of uh, you know your uncle dying and he's looking of who he's going to leave his will to of that kind of you know very intimate human kind of relationship on a very grand scale of you know you own a multi million dollar you know media conglomerate and you're trying to figure out which one of your children is right to leave this in the hands of so um it's uh you know there is some fairly outlandish things that of course if you haven't lived in uh 
wealthy circles you probably would never realize, you know, likely happen. As well, that's one interesting thing when I see scenes like that is, you know, you know, I, I have never lived in a very wealthy circle. So um, I, I, I haven't seen people doing certain things as if it was normal. Uh, you know, I haven't seen people just uh, snorting, snorting cocaine off people's butts and uh, burning money and swimming in pools of it and stuff. So, I, you know, there's certain things where, you know, I understand that it's, you know, it's art that you're depicting this. But at the same time, I also understand that it's not just somebody making this up. You know, somebody's it's, not just like, oh, uh, yeah. well, a lot of people just swimming money. Like, there are people who do some of this. I, I, mean, just... I will say cocaine use is something that as I've gotten older. I realize just how prevalent it is. Right? You know, and it's, you're kind of like, oh, that's nobody does that. that. Nobody yeah. spends all night snoring. Well, like, you know, People there's do. one look at that for sure. That that's one way to look at it. But like speaking to that whole family and conglomerate, uh, in the Philippines, I won't say a family or their name, but I knew someone. They're not a sponsor. His, his, no, exactly. He's more you get killed, I think, if he goes back. <laughs> yeah. He's more as soon as he lands. He's, that's it. His, his family owned, uh, or his grandpa helped start a bank there. And then after, when he was like a lot older, he sold it. And then uh, his uh, grandkids and kids, both of them, right, were wondering how this can be divvied up. But I'll just tell you, after that point, when it started a decision on how they're going to break down this immense wealth, it changed their family forever. And when I mean that in the Philippines, they uh, had to hire bodyguards for their kids to go around and they went to court for like 15 years. And that's just to break the, the iceberg tip there. And yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Money, money will change people. Money and power will change people. So I, I don't doubt that that's what happened there. And I mean, that sucks that, it, you know, essentially probably just put a, a, a giant rip in the middle of their family and, you know, had well, people for, taking sides. And what it's just interesting. Cause even the geography of where this would happen would make a big difference. Cause in that country, yeah. that money would go way a lot further than lot further. If you're in America or somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you'd make you'd want it even more probably or something right. else. Like, you know? I'm curious. We got we're we're getting to we're getting up there in age now. Um and when I say up there, I mean, you know, we're 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 eight years away from forty, most of us. Yep. Um, <laughs> as you have, have anybody uh has anybody thought about a will or what they would leave to anybody on this earth that they have or own? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because I keep hearing over and over how important it is. But I'm just wondering if anybody's thought about it. <laughs> well, I, I still stick with that. My phrase, you know, just throw it all in the casket with me. It's still mine. That's right. right. Be a, be a sponsor well, of the podcast. Some, like Egyptian Ola stuff, is taking it with him. Taking across the river. I, I might leave it to this podcast to to really do some creative stuff. That would be a great investment, I think. Sure. Uh, um, so Abby's planning yeah. on dying before us, I guess. He wants to ruin all our relationships by giving us his immense wealth and have us fight over it. Yeah. I want this to be a real live documentary in podcast form. <laughs> wow. But you know what? It's happening more and more. I think I think that whole situation is more uh, prevalent today than it ever has been because you take a look at uh, even at 
something like the real estate market, right? Here in Canada, at least, and I'm sure it's happening in Bermuda and elsewhere, where you're not going to be able to buy a home um, unless you pair up with somebody. And even then, most likely, you need some sort of help from your parents, right? Like if you want to live in a downtown core, if you want to live outside, then yeah, you can, you know, commute and whatnot. But prices are getting, the, the cost of living is getting so high now that you can't really do things that your parents or previous generations were able to do, right? That previous generations would go to high school, come out, pop off three kids, one, you know, breadwinner in the family, and they went to, went to Disneyland every year, right? And that doesn't fly anymore. You, everyone's in debt. Everyone's, you know, the economy is so much different than it was before. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's accurate or do you think it's you going to continue what, Abby, that way? Yeah, you're, you're so right. Sorry, I'll just do a quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the uh, head caretaker of my house where we went to high school and he was telling me when he went to university his grades were like average was like low 70s he still got his degree but it was so easy for him to just jump into a job because he got that and he was telling me how much harder it was for our generation to get jobs and everything speaking on to what Abby is talking about yeah no our our generation I I've said it a number of times I feel like every generation feels like their generation got the short end of the stick but our generation in particular I mean we, we graduated essentially university, you know, in 2009, 2010, unless obviously you did extra years and things like that. But, um, you know, the recession was 2008. So it meant that we graduated into a, into a world where there weren't jobs. We graduated university with degrees and everything else where there weren't jobs. People had student loans had to pay off without a job for a couple of years. Um, there's just been, it feels like our generation is at every major point in a, in what would be normally where we would be, um, there's been some sort of setback. You know, coronavirus is another one for me. I feel like our generation was just was just now starting to get a foothold, right? We were just, we've now had, you know, 10 years or so of having a job and, and maybe starting to, to put, put together a life. There's a lot of people I know who have started to, to look at buying a house or things like that. Um, and all of a sudden then coronavirus hits and and so true. It seems like there's a roadblock right all over again, right when we were just starting to make our way in the world. So like, I there's like a, at a really, yes. really raw deal. There's a meme that's going around, and it's just like this young dude just with hand in his face, just with a bottle of whiskey. And it's like millennials when they're told that they have to go through their fourth once in a lifetime critical yeah. event. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You got 9-11, you got, you know, the housing market crash, 2008, coronavirus. It's yeah. just, I feel like millennials have gotten a really, uh, really bad. Millennials seem to get blamed for everything. Um, but, even though uh, most of the time they're not even talking about millennials. Like I remember, there was a meme that came out right at the beginning of COVID and stuff. And it was, you know, people apparently on the news, the people in the, in the, in the news and in the U S and things like that were complaining that millennials were out partying and stuff like that when they were supposed to be locked down. And the meme was basically saying, it's not millennials you're talking about. You're talking about Gen Xers and Gen Zers. We're, yeah. Millennials are in their thirties. We're the ones staying at home telling our parents to stay the f- at home. Cause we don't want them to die. Like millennials aren't out That's partying. Right. talking about millennials are in our thirties. We're saving, man. We're saving for a house if we can buy yeah. one. <laughs> like, millennials aren't the ones you're coming after. We're, millennials are grown ass people now. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm, I feel like I'm in that that age bracket as well, millennials, where I'm actually looking at the younger generations, and I'm starting to just shake my head, and be like, "What the actual? F-? 
like how how are they doing this how are they getting away with it and you're absolutely right swan we get caught cross <laughs> caught in the crossfires and i'm just like what the fuck man it's not us <laughs> yeah again i feel like every generation feels this way but i do feel like i do feel like the millennial generation has had a uh an interesting time of it let's put it that way i mean the boomers the boomers had like their hippie revolution and that was their hardship i'm just like not really that that was yeah. not that bad <laughs> not that bad <laughs> vietnam I mean, yeah okay yeah i mean it sucks but okay <laughs> it, i mean in all fairness that uh you know that uh, that hippie revolution if it had taken i mean we might be in a better position here on a number of different fronts mostly environmental but you know <laughs> It, it, if they had maybe fought a little bit harder, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> a bit more organized. Not, not, not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying. Yeah. Millennials have been handed a pretty world and we're being told that it's our fault, that it's good. It we're like, oh, excuse me. We walked into this. Like, we're, we're Joe Biden in this situation. We're not Trump. Wow. We're sitting on the chair. Yeah. Hands, legs. Hold. Yeah. We walked Trust. into this shit. Bernie. We're not the ones to blame. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying that the economy now is the most out of whack it has been in the modern era, right? Like you have right now at this current moment, you have some of the wealthiest people in the history of the world, right? Elon Musk is now at $190 billion. Um, you have people who are working from home. And if you're lucky enough to work from home, you're probably saving, right? Because you're not really going out. But then you have the service industry and this other people who, you know, need to, to have that social aspect in the world to, to continue to work who are just being decimated. Yeah. And it's like this weird thing where one branch is like, doing kind of well right and the other branches get messed and i don't know if anyone has a plan and like how that's gonna redistribute itself but inequality is a real thing and if anything this whole coronavirus situation is just showing that it, it's just happening more and more on an accelerated level and it's scary really scary yeah i i remember hearing somebody say it, somebody describe it as we're all in the same storm but we're not in the same boat which is that's to me that made a lot of sense because a lot of people were saying oh you know coronavirus we're all in the same boat no we're not we're all in the same storm but we're in different boats that's it man (laughs) that's it that's it and uh, yeah it it just boils my blood a bit to see the the jeff bezos the elon musks and you know what like they could be good people and they could be on you know philanthropists and whatnot but how the hell are we letting this happen man when people are legit starving people don't have medical care even here in canada right like there's shit that we need to be doing here and it's just it makes you shake your head have you have you, have you ever heard of that bill gates like 99 percent or something donation after they pass away uh, in his will or something like that have you ever heard of that yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think what fossil is referring to yeah go for it man go for it no no you go ahead go ahead so bill gates i think has two kids a son and a daughter and what he basically told them was, look, when, I, when me and your mom are gone, and get, no, keep in mind, this guy has a Ferris wheel in his backyard for his kids. So he like definitely treats them mm. right and all that. But he told them, if when we go, all you're being left is $10 million each, which is enough, believe me, is enough. The rest of it, we're just giving it away. We're just, it's going to charity. It's going to everything. So speaking of wills, they've already had that tough discussion, I guess. Where they're not, very I mean, tough discussion 
But 10 million, I mean, I mean, it's yo, simple to up. them, but to everyone else involved, right? It's yeah, interesting. It's like 10 bucks for them and a percentage wise. Um, well, it's like great that he did that because he got other people who are similar to his kind of bracket. Well, obviously they're going to be under, but like in that <clears throat> kind of higher echelon to sign up for the same sort of idea. Yeah, Look, there is there is no possible way in a lifetime, in a normal lifetime, to spend a billion dollars. Like, I mean, what are you spending it on? What are you I spending mean, a billion? Couple, couple dollars? trips to Jupiter, probably do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like in a normal life, in a, if in in our lifetime, if if we continue living the way that we are, essentially, we're not spending a billion dollars. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, a billion dollars. Well, well, that's the problem. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about about these different circles. Is in your circle, you can't see spending a billion dollars. When you were a kid, you thought twenty dollars was oh, I got twenty dollars. I'm gonna buy the candy. I'm gonna buy the. (laughs) I'm gonna buy three candles. (laughs) Right, but that's the thing is like the more wealth you have, like different circles start opening up to you, and you realize that oh, there's some market where you can pay a hundred thousand a night to, I don't know, watch people lick each other in, in some weird dark room or something. Like, weird, weird stuff starts opening up to you. You can pay 100000 for a, a tiger to walk around your house. For so we day, know what you know? Ola's spending his first million yes. on. He's <laughs> yeah, joining, the club, joining the club where he can watch people lick each other yeah, yeah, in the yeah. dark. All I'm, all I'm saying is, like, weird avenues and weird things. Like, oh, you know, now all of a sudden when you throw a birthday party... It's no longer, oh, you know, I'm just going to get, a, you know, a couple packs of beers and pizzas, you know, a little cake there. The, you know, the guy's going to come over. We'll laugh a little bit. Maybe we'll go to the pub after. It's none of that anymore. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to throw a birthday. Okay, we've got to make sure that the catering service is here. Before you know it, you throw a birthday party worth $200,000. Yeah. And you're sitting there like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's, I guess that's what birthdays cost now. But it's like, it's almost like the more you have, there will be stuff to spend it on, you know? For so sure. we, get, we can say, oh, we'll never spend a billion dollars, but I'm sure those guys in a week can figure out what to do with a billion dollars. They don't do it, but I'm sure they could be like, mm, I could probably spend a billion in a week. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was reading an article uh, just about this sort of thing, about Elon Musk in particular and, and leaders like him, like Jeff Bezos and whatnot, right? And why they draw so much, attention and it's really comes down to the fact that they don't have to work anymore right and some of the best most fulfilling roles one can have in life is when you get to a point in life where you don't have to work for money right you can just do what you want to do and your passions are are there right that's what that what this article is arguing i mean that's what they say like the wealthier only you want to get more and more though too you know once you get your first million like oh shoot you see what I can do with two. What kills me is that they want to get what? So they they want like this idea of Christianity and this idea of I want to get wealth so I can help back and, and all that. People have that idea. Like it, that's I feel a lot of people start off with that. But as soon as somebody comes around, as soon as the tax man comes around, everyone just closes their their shades, man, and and tries to like. Going tax man comes around, everybody tucks in their cross, like, oh, hell no. They empty out their pockets, pull out the white lids, and all that. That's what they yeah, say. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Thanks, Austin. Thanks. Doesn't matter what religion you are, you close your Quran real quick. 
you hide your Torah. As soon as the tax man comes, you're like, oh, man. Mm-mm. If, if money wasn't an issue for any of you guys, would you be doing something different? What would you be working on if you would be working on anything different? That sounds like a guidance counselor question on her. No, wow. I, I like is that. It? I like that question. It is. Because I, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I've tried to set my life up to be such that I'm not doing things just for my app. I've never been somebody who's particularly been motivated by money. So it's not hard for me to do this. Um, I'll do things if I want to do them. I don't necessarily do them because they make me money. Um, you know, I remember when I used to work at a bar, you know, to cover shifts and stuff, it was commonplace. You know, I'll give you a hundred bucks to cover my shift or something like that. Or you know, the price could go up depending if it was like a public holiday and everyone wanted it off. Somebody wanted their shift covered. They'd be like, oh, you know, $300. And someone would be like, oh, I'll do it for 400 or oh, I'll do it for 500. Um, it got to the point. I mean, I, if I wanted to do it, I'd do it. The money didn't really matter to me. I'd do it. If I, if I could and I wanted to, I'd say, yeah, sure. Just give me, you know, 50 bucks is fine. Um, but if, if I didn't want to do it, yeah, there wasn't much you could offer me to make me want to do that shift. Like it was, I'm, I'm just not that person. Like, you know, I wouldn't $500 See? to cover your shift if I don't and want to, strong. to do it. So strong, like, man. because so in these COVID times, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting for me as, as a, as a small business owner, because money's not always my motivating factor personally to sometimes have to shift, shift my mindset to be like, well, look, the business does need to make money. I may not necessarily mm. mind, but the business does need to make money. So that's, right. been, that's been a challenge for me at times uh, to marry up those two different mindsets. Um, but I, if, if money wasn't an object, I don't know if I'd be doing much different right now. I mean, I can't really, cause I can't travel. It's the only thing I'd be doing if I had tons of money right now would be traveling, but I can't really do that anyway, even if I had tons of money. So um, no, I think I'd be, I'd, I'd pretty much be doing exactly what I'm doing right now if I had a lot of money. Yeah, you probably could travel if you had a lot of money. I, I think yeah, people true. would that's a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah. You probably could. Um, no, that's good, man. But you know what? What's that phrase? Thomas Orwell or whatever? Um, Every man has his price. Yeah. Every man has his price. Damn right, basically. I mean, f- fair enough. I mean, every man probably has his price. I mean, you know, it, it's the you know, it's the the question that we all used to uh, joke about. You know, what would you do for you know a million bucks? You fear know, factor. Like the, yeah, fear factor. Like, what what would you do? You know, but uh, I I think to be honest, I I'll probably find myself in the same boat as one where. If, even if I had a bunch of money, I would still be doing the, the same thing that I'm doing now. Like, I'd still want to be an architect. I'd still, if anything, I'd be doing more of it. And if anything, the money would offer me more agency in my field. Because as an architect, it's understandable that, you know, you want to build things that elicit certain emotions, you know, help people in a way that, um, or at least not, not help, but at least touch people and get to people and at least elicit emotions from people in a way that you don't always get in everyday uh, buildings, you know? And for me as an architect, I think having money would at least allow me to be able to do more of the projects that I want to do, as opposed to, you know, having to go and grovel and beg and ask, oh, hey, you want to, do you want me to help you design this thing? Do you want to pay me to do this? Like, I would just be able to do those things for, you know, on my own and you know the kind of projects that i'd want to do i'd be able to foresee those projects it's kind of like the situation where you know elon musk is like yeah i want to do space travel so yeah i'm you know like yeah. 
I, I want to just do rockets. rockets. Yeah. yeah. I want to do rockets. Oh, I can afford to do rockets. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to do more I can rockets. Afford to have some, you know, some so it, it's, it's, right, it's that though. kind of thing where, to be honest, I just, I would do more of what I'm doing now. And I, it would offer me more agency. And if anything, I wouldn't really change that. You know, sure, the hours can be crazy sometimes. And, you know, there's this and that. But I like what I do. You know, yeah, if I can do important. it more on my own terms, and if that's what money affords me, I would gladly take it. That's what it is. But yeah, it would, it would, money would allow me to do what I'm doing now, but in, in, in a bit more of my own personal way. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. I totally get what you're saying there. It, it means you guys have passion, right? And I think passionate people, people who are able to work on their passions are able to do great things. Whereas compared to somebody who maybe is doing the same thing, but just isn't as passionate about it. Maybe. So I think it's awesome that you guys uh, are in that position. I know for a fact that the majority of the world probably isn't in that position. Yeah, um, that's true. Right. And so uh, look, and I, and I think about myself, would I be working for somebody else if money wasn't an issue? I don't think I would be. Oh, okay. I, 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 about this, yeah. Eddie, not that you'd be working for somebody else, but would you be doing the same kind of work, same kind of research that you do? Even if you want to set up your own company because you have money, you could set it up. Would you do that? You know what? I think there's a lot that I would pay someone else to do. I think there's some, there's <laughs> well, that I'm we're doing talking now. Tony Starks. You'd be like, yeah. Like, like you're like, I would, I would definitely do the fun stuff, but let's right. be honest. Every job has things to do with it. That's there's part of a task. job. Right. You, yeah. And so you know, shit task comes up. You got to re- like review a 40 page document. Nah, man, I'm going to get, you know, <laughs> buddy Butler over here to do it. So like, yeah, that's, that's how it would be. And in order to get in that position, you would sort of have to own the entity, right? Like the CEO of a company isn't going out and, and doing the grunt work. Um, it's most likely guys like us who are starting off in our careers or, you know, getting established. And maybe, maybe if we want to, if we choose to, we will, we'll get, you know, higher up the ladder if we want. But yeah, I think, I think if I had money, I definitely would do things differently. I I'm definitely passionate about teaching. I like, like sharing knowledge. I'm definitely passionate about cars. I'm de- there's, there's different hobbies that I have. Um, so maybe I would incorporate that. I don't think I'd be doing the same thing that I'm doing now. Not that I don't love mm-hmm. what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I think it, to be honest with myself, a lot of it has to do with, man, I need a paycheck and, and I I'm trying to find mm-hmm. the most fun way to get that paycheck, okay. but, but I'm doing it. Yeah. So, so I, I'll add, I'll add to this, uh, Abby, in the sense that it's nice that yes, you know, you're doing the thing that you're doing and it wouldn't change if you had more money, but what is painful is having to rely on that paycheck to do the thing that you like doing. That is painful. <laughs> that is painful. That, that sours it in a way that I cannot even begin to explain to you. Like that is a painful process of like, there's something that you're passionate about, something that you enjoy doing and now you need to do it to pay the bills. Well, you know what? That's sadly what like 90% of the world but then that's why there's no, this... i don't know that's 90 percent of the world or more that's 90 percent of the world what, what is the, what's the percent are you talking I, about like when 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 your passion becomes yeah. a job what's your job yeah. what what's about? the yeah I, I wouldn't say that's 90 percent of the world where your passion no, yeah i would say that's, like, that's what's a lot the less, percentage yeah. like five percent man yeah like i would say a lot less people are, <laughs> no i would like, say yeah. very few people are oh. doing something that they're passionate about. exactly and that's what i'm talking about ten percent and my 90 yeah, okay, you're, you're talking about the inverse. 
Look at him. Yeah, Look at him. Hey, well, exactly. No, no. Yeah. It's because yeah, flip it around. No, there's a there's a deep quote that's regarding that ninety ten percent. There's like the best plays, the best books, the best quotes, and everything are in the graveyard because those people didn't get afforded the opportunity to pursue their passions. Mm. Yeah, it's very possible. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's just a quote I heard one day and it stuck with me. I'm like, it's it might be. I mean, a lot true, of times as well. It's a deep quote. A lot of times as well, if you pursue your passion and your passion becomes a job, it it no longer right. it's, not, it's not your passion anymore. But that's what we're talking about. Your job, then that's yeah. you know I've 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 dealt with that a little bit. I was you know I played golf professionally and I decided to you know make that a career and just got a job at a golf course to send the other. And once it became a job of me having to go to the golf course every day. Well, it ceased to be a passion anymore. I lost mm. all passion for it. Right. Um, it's kind of like passion or desire came is, is no longer passion or desire. Like once you achieve it, now I'm just. Yeah, it's weird. Man. I look back, achieve. like I look back on that time and I used to, I would, I mean, golf courses operate early, right? So I'd make, I'd make six o'clock in the morning at the golf course, essentially. Um, if I was doing morning, I would work from six until like one or two. And then I would knock off and then I'd go, I'd go hit range balls for a, two three hours i'll go play nine holes after that and then i'd come home at you know six o'clock seven o'clock at night and that was my day like my day was work six hours at the golf course practice six hours of golf and i look at it now and you know people ask me to play golf every week and half the time i'm just like no i don't really want to and like it's such a <laughs> shift yeah. it's such a shift from you know not even 10 years ago of me literally my whole life being working at golf and then playing golf and trying to play professionally so now I couldn't be asked to pick up a club and like, it's, it's such a big shift because it, like I said, it, that, that passion became a job. And, you know, I also, I didn't, I didn't have a boss that I particularly liked working for and, and there was a lot of stuff as well, but it was, yeah. So I know that feeling. So what about it? Is it like, uh, as somebody who's, who's been in that position, is it that the freedom to do it whenever you want or to stop whatever you want is taken away? Is, is that sort of, I think for me and for me in golf, what it was for me was I realized I realized what I loved about golf was was playing at a very high level, working Mm -hmm. at a golf course I didn't necessarily love, but I loved playing golf at the high level that I could play at. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do that with a purpose. Like I enjoyed playing golf at a high level to try and make it on the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got to a point where I realized I wasn't I wasn't good enough to do that. And I think that once I realized I wasn't good enough to do that. I lost all passion for, for trying to do that because it didn't make mm. any sense to me anymore. Putting in mm. six hours on the range made no more sense to me because I realized that I'm not good enough. I could put in 20 hours a day for the rest of my life. I'm not talented enough to make it on the PGA Tour. And that was that was a tough realization <laughs> to come to. But once I came to it, I just basically said, well, f- it. I'm not going to I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's it tough. was but it's part of being part of maturing, part of part of growing up, right? Part of actually yeah. being in, being a man or you know just a human being is, is golf understanding. Is, golf is lonely, man. I will tell you, these guys that you see on tour, everyone you know, everyone looks at professional golfers and they think of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and guys like this. And you know, the Tiger Woods is the exception. There's there's ninety nine percent of professional golfers never win a tournament on the PGA Tour like this. They never win a tournament. Tiger's one eighty one. Um, these guys are grinding. These guys like golf is the ultimate. You get paid if you play well. You don't get paid if yeah. you play. You don't get paid if you play like. Shit. You only get paid if you play well. You know, if you if you mm. don't make the cut, 
you're not making money that week. So, mm-hmm. like, it's the ultimate in terms of, as a sport goes, of rewarding you if only if you play well. Whatever so, if you, you don't play well, or you go through a slump, or what, you're not getting paid. And these guys pay a lot of their own way to travel around to tournaments, you know, things like that. And if they miss a cut, they're not getting paid. So, <laughs> like, golf can be very lonely because you're traveling a lot. You're, it's obviously a very singular sport. You're on the course essentially by yourself. Um, it's just you against the golf course. Yeah. Um, so it can be it can be very lonely if you're not playing well. And sounds very spent, unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, you know, I spent I spent a month and a half playing mini tour events in Arizona, and um, I was out there by myself. You know, a couple thousand miles away from home, living in a long long term hotel rental. Don't tell me during the summer. Rental car. No, it was, it was winter time. Okay. God no. God no. Um, and, you know, and, and I got, you know, the second tournament I was there, I got slightly injured. And I was still then, I still I was out there for another three, four weeks playing tournaments. So I had to just play through the injury. Um, and it was lonely, man. It was lonely going to play tournaments, not playing well, playing injured, and then having to go back to a shitty little hotel by myself with, you know, with a, with a bag of McDonald's because I didn't want to spend a ton of money. And just sit there, sit there, and think about the round I just had, and then wake up and do it all again the next day. Like that, that should sound like an indie. It's like you need a sports <laughs> psychologist on top of that. That, that like should sound like an up. indie movie, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, I, I am, but my, that story is not unique to me. There's so many professional golfers that go through that exact same story, and you know, go through it for longer than I did, go through it worse than I did. It's that's not a unique story. So when you look at guys like Tiger Woods, these guys have worked hard for it and mm. they deserve every bit of money that they get from playing golf because if they're not playing well, golf's not going to reward them. So <laughs> I was watching that Tiger documentary and they're saying he was benching 300 pounds too. I was like, Yo, what? Tiger was an animal. Okay. This guy. I remember, I remember getting uh, into an argument with somebody. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on Facebook was saying, you know, who, who's, who, who's the bigger icon of their sport, Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan? And some guy was trying to argue Michael Jordan. And I was just like, no, bro, no. Nah. Michael Jordan, don't get me wrong. Michael Jordan is an icon in basketball. Yeah. But ta- compare that to Tiger Woods with golf. And he ended up bringing up some, some little list. And the list was basically the most popular sports in the world. And like basketball was like number two. And golf was like number 11. And he was like, see, basketball is more popular. So which means that Michael Jordan meant more to his sport because Michael Jordan is more important than Tiger Woods because his sport's more popular. And we, my, me, me and the other golfers who were arguing this looked at him and were like, bruh, without Tiger Woods, golf isn't on that list. Like, without Tiger Woods, <laughs> golf, golf isn't top 20 without Tiger Woods. Like, what are you like, talking well, like, about? And, and like he came out with his own video game basically based off him. Dude. Whereas like Dude. NBA, you have NBA games, right? It's Nike not created Nike, cr- 2K. Nike. Nike, probably the biggest, one of the biggest brands in the world, created its own, his, and created an entirely new division just for Tiger Woods. Nike Golf did not exist until 1997 when Tiger Woods turned pro. Nike Golf was not a thing. Nike signed Tiger, and then Nike signed Tiger, and then like a year later they said, "All right, now we got to start making golf stuff." Like Nike Golf didn't exist without Tiger Woods. They created mm. a whole division just for that guy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mikey, you kind of quiet over there. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, you know, 
Are you thinking about uh, what you do with all that money? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I haven't really thought about it too much. Too much, but. Would you I definitely do wouldn't be living. In, I would. I know. I wouldn't be living in Canada. F- that. <laughs> <laughs> no shoveling oh, snow for you, eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sh- shovel snow. Just move to some tax haven somewhere. What would you be doing though? What would you be doing? Would you still be doing the same thing that you're doing now? Uh. Or. How much money? A million dollars? No, no, no. You have no, enough no. money that you don't have to do. You don't have to you worry don't have about to work pressure. again. Yeah. You don't have to work again. You're just you you're just doing because you're bored. You money. Anything you, money, you don't yeah. have to work again. I think I would rather do like a Bill and Melinda Gates kind of foundation situation where it's yeah. like giving away money is a found like you know for the better good of m- mankind. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'm nearly as convincing enough as Bill Gates, where he goes around and tries to do like polio vaccines and every everything for everybody else. I'd rather try and do it anonymously than yeah. be mm. the face of it. I don't. I know that, don't that would patience. be my preference. I don't have the oh, patience that Bill Gates has to deal with the backlash that he gets. I certainly wouldn't yeah. have the patience to deal with that. Yeah, that patience comes with billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're trying to take over our minds. Okay, sure, whatever, man. <laughs> wiping his tears uh, what, at the $100,000 uh, bills. Like, yeah. what, what are the stocks at again today? <laughs> oh, dude, speaking of stocks, have you guys heard of this GameStop, uh, GameSpot stock issue? That subredditors? So, subredditors? Isn't, 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 Redditors, isn't his Redditors like trying to fucking unshort things? <laughs> they do dude, they, two of them. They do it to two companies, companies over. now. They f***ed the Wall Street company beyond. over. Twenty-seven billion dollars. This company is in the hole now, and they can't. They don't know what to do. So here, because I'll give of you, Reddit, because I'll give you the that's a serious. Let, let, let Avi explain it. Yeah. Um. So, Cole's notes version. Basically, uh, there's these companies on Wall Street that do this thing called short stocking or short selling, right? And so they they're basically betting on a company to sort of fail, mm-hmm. and in betting, it sort of dictates to the rest of the world. Oh, people are betting on this company to fail. I don't want to buy this company. They're probably going to fail. These right. people have done their homework, right? In, in essence, short stocking is somebody borrowing stocks from someone, waiting for the price to go down to then pay, repay the person and stuff, right? So anyways, that's the gist of it. What Reddit did, there's this a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. It, it's nuts, man. If you ever go on there, these people like don't have a filter. They, they call each other derogatory names just but like out of fun and stuff right so what they did is uh, there's a guy on there i guess he'd gotten laid off during covid he was just like at home and just like what the am i gonna do so he it's public knowledge to see which companies are being short sold against right and sometimes these companies wall street companies can short sell a company so much like it's over 100 percent of the stocks They, they just have gone crazy with it and so this guy actually went through all of these different stocks and saw GameSpot and he's like, yo, you know, they're still making money. They're still, you know, they, all their financial health is are good, but their, their, their stock price is like two bucks. What's going on? Like a, a company of this size with this revenue, the stock price should be like 50 bucks. So he went in and he figured out all these different Wall Street companies are short selling and only really Wall Street companies can short sell because they have the, the billions of dollars to pull this off, right? You and I won't be able to do it with our hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, but 
these companies can. So he goes on subreddit and just shows his homework. He goes, guys, guys, if we just buy these stocks and hold on to them, this Wall Street company is going to get fucked because they need to buy more than 100% of the stocks at different times to repay their investors. And so a bunch of these dudes, man, just nothing better to do. Just started buying game GameSpot shops. If you don't know what GameSpot is, GameSpot is like an I remember game. GameSpot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the little mall, the little mall game shop, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So they just started buying like five dollars here, ten dollars here, all this, right? Stock prices started going up because they're like, you know, all of a sudden there's like thousands, tens of thousands of people buying right. five dollars of the share. Starts going up. Now these Wall Street people, right? They're banking on the on the like they're literally ba- betting money that it's going to go down below two dollars. Now the stock's at fifty bucks, and their investors are coming back going, "Okay, well you owe us because you lost the bet. Basically, you owe us money." And they're like, "What the f-? like? How is this happening?" And so they figure out that there's a subreddit that literally is just telling everyone, "Like, here's our homework: buy this stock." Now they're telling people to buy BlackBerry because mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly. people buy BlackBerry stock. Yeah. And there's these two Wall Street companies that were prominent, like had towers and everything in New York City that are going to go bankrupt because they literally bet against this company. And this company now has like a, a resurgence through through Reddit, saving them. So it's nuts, man. It's absolutely crazy to watch. Like it's this is something that we don't really know about right now, but. I, it won't be surprising me if a movie's made out of it. It's getting more popular because my brother WhatsApped it to me today about this whole thing. So like, it's slowly getting a little momentum. Yo, yo, Reddit. I don't know. Reddit's Reddit's a crazy place. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to get on the Reddit trade, but Reddit's a crazy Serena place. Williams' husband, who owned that, correct me if I'm wrong, and yeah, then he had Reddit. to give up rights to that because he changed that Donald Trump whatever message altered it and changed it and went in himself and did that then he had to give up his rights to doing to serena well obviously she's not going to touch it right but for reddit so husband what are you what are you talking about man what are you doing all of serena's husband i'm looking i'm trying to look this up yeah man look it up serena's husband I love how Foster tells the story. Who's the owner of Reddit? I love how Foster tells the story. I thought you could back me up. I thought you could back me up. So, no one knows the owner of Reddit, though. If Foster had unlimited money, I'd be doing work for him, is what it comes down to. <laughs> you have, I'll, put you you Nordic, I'll put Bozo you on that Nordic. I'll put you on the Nordic, Savvy. You'll be on the Nordic. That's where we're ending it. That's <laughs> where we're ending it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Boston, though. What the fuck are you saying? Like. <laughs>